Go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And we're going to... Let me read just two verses to you and then I'll kind of tell you what my message is going to be about tonight. It says, "...this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy." Right here we see something that the Bible says is going to come in the last day and it's very clear we can see all these things. Crystal clear today. But you know, one thing that I, I do believe, you know, there's that verse in the Bible that says there's no new thing under the sun. A lot of times we see things like, man, this is brand new. We've never seen anything like this before. But when it comes to sin, there's nothing new. Okay? We still have that same nature they did back in the Bible days. But one thing that is different today, we have new tools, new gadgets, new technologies that help magnify our sin and magnify our problems and things that maybe weren't real clear before are crystal clear now. Go, turn, go ahead and turn over to Matthew chapter 6. I might be getting ahead of myself a little bit here. But I, the message that I'm going to be talking about tonight, I'm going to talk to you about the pro, I'm going to give you a profile of a narcissist. Alright? That is a word I'm hearing all the time now. In fact, usually when you hear the people talking about this generation or the millennial generation, you almost always hear the word narcissist thrown in there. And what actually inspired this message, the way I put this message together is a little different than most. Okay, I was reading this passage here in Matthew chapter 6, and sadly, when I saw this, it made me think of Baptist preachers on Twitter. And, you know, and I thought, good night, boy, this is crystal clear what we're seeing here in this passage is what is going on with preachers today. And it's terrible. And you know, and I know other groups probably have the same problem too, but I tend to pay attention to Baptist preachers since I am one. And I saw this and, and I kept thinking, you know, that word narcissist kept coming to my head. And you know, the a definition for a narcissist, I guess you could say, it's inordinate fascination with oneself. Excessive self-love or vanity, some of the, and a synonym: self-centeredness, smugness, egocentrism. Um, another synonym, if you look up and if you get at the thesarsis, I never can say that word very good. And you look up narcissist. The first one is boaster that you'll see. And in Second Timothy chapter three, that was one when we see that they will be boasters. And people, man, they just get on there and they brag on themselves like I have never seen before in my life. I mean, it is just amazing the way people just heap praise on themselves today. And I, and you know, but that's not a new problem. It's been going on, okay? But they didn't have Twitter back in the Bible days. They didn't have social media. And so I got to think about, you know, I'm not going to name people that I know that are bad about this. But, you know, how did people like them, okay? You know, Pastor Pompous is one I like to talk about all the time. You know, how did Pastor Pompous, you know, how did he survive? before he had Twitter. What did they do back in the Bible days? How did he exalt himself? How did he lift himself up? Well, we can find out exactly how in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, look what it says. It says, "...take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise ye have no reward 
of your Father which is in heaven. Now I don't know about you, but you know I like my money, but I want to get I want to give too. And if I give, I want to get a blessing. I want to get a reward from God. But you know what? If I do it to be seen of men, no reward. That's what the Bible says. No reward from your Father which is in heaven. Verse two. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Their reward is just the praise of men. That's not much of a reward. But that's what some people live for. Verse verse 3, But when thou doest thine alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret, himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites, uh, are for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So right here we see that even back then, people were doing good things. Praying, giving. These were good things. But they did it in a way to be seen of men. And now people don't sound trumpets to do it. Now they tweet it. Okay, you know they'll take pictures of themselves praying. You know they'll take pictures of themselves out soul winning or doing whatever, and then they post it all over Twitter so everybody can see it. Okay, that works a whole lot better than what they had to do back then. They didn't have the technology we do now, so what they would have to do back then is they would have to get somebody out to blow a trumpet. Why are they blowing a trumpet? Well, that trumpet blast it gets everybody's attention, doesn't it? They'll hear that trumpet blast. Everybody looks. Hey, what's going on? You know, they'll get one of their little minions, one of their little stooges to come along, and you know, come, you know, come, come and see, come and see as you know, brother so and so gives his massive offering to the Lord. Come see how much he's going to give, and they would draw all this attention to themselves because they love the praise of men. Whenever they would go pray, they would go find some very public place where they could get up and they could pray and just impress everybody. And Jesus said that they have their reward. Their reward was the praise of men. And they have no reward from God in heaven. And today, I mean, it is crazy how much people... that Some people literally cannot do anything without taking a picture of themselves and posting it online. You know, picture me out knocking doors. They go and they'll win somebody to Christ. And they got to get a picture. they got to show it to everybody. I mean, you know, why... What, what is this? Why do people... And these are good things that a lot of people are doing. I mean, some of it's just absolutely disgusting. I've seen preachers, you know, taking... They'll have somebody take a picture of them, you know, visiting somebody in the hospital. You know, playing a game with a little kid. You know, doing some good thing. You know, feeding some bum. I mean, just... They've always taken pictures of themselves. And why? What are they doing? They're sound, that's their way of sounding a trumpet. Hey everyone, look at what I am doing. And and Twitter, all right, that's exactly what that's for. It's it's for businesses, for promoting your business, promoting yourself, you're a politician, promoting yourself. But as preachers, especially and as Christians, we're not supposed to be doing the things that we do to be seen of men. And if you can't do anything without making it public, without putting on a production, without making sure everyone sees it, you know, if you just understand, I hope you enjoy the praise you're getting on this world because that's the only reward you're going to get. That's what the Bible says. And I was reading that. I had that passage and I thought, you know, good night. This, you know, this is, that was that day's Twitter, the blowing of trumpets. 
That was the best way they could get people's attention. And to me, it is, it's just, it's narcissism. This excessive, inordinate fascination with oneself. This self-love. And so I went and I, when I, I do this a lot when I'm preaching a message on a subject, I will go and I will, you know, get all these verses on the subject that I want to use. And I went and I put down all these verses that I wanted to use. I thought this explains my definition of a narcissist. This is, you know, when I think of a narcissist, I think of these verses. And then I thought, so I put them all together, and then, you know, I, I usually make an outline to, you know, help me keep my thoughts in order. But I got this bright idea. I went online, okay, and I looked up a profile of a narcissist. And I thought, let's see what the you know psychiatric community or the medical community, what do they say about a narcissist? And sure enough, I got my outline from that. And every one of these things that I'm going to read to you that they put on a profile of a narcissist, I already had the verses right there for that. Like, boom, I'll use this one with that point. And I mean, I think there was there's only maybe a couple, like two verses in here that after I saw their definition, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I, I know another great verse for that. But I already had these. I mean, so I was like, man, you know, I've never taken any official psychology classes, but you know, I'm just kind of a natural, I guess, in that area. You know, preachers were usually students of human behavior. But profile of a narcissist or symptoms of narcissistic personality disorder. And so, first one, if you have narcissistic personality disorder, you may come across as conceited, boastful, or pretentious. Okay, now, understand a person who has this, I mean, who thinks they're conceited? Okay, I, nobody thinks they're conceited. I can tell you think you're great. Well, yeah, it's because I am great, right? You know, then that's how we are. We don't, nobody can see this in themselves, alright? But those people that you know, like, man, this person is so full of themselves it's not even funny. You know, a lot of times that is a symptom of narcissism. And we see there in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it says, you know, in the last days, men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous boasters. Okay? Boasters. Talking, you know, talking big. Uh, you know, whenever I, I mentioned a thesaurus, for narcissists, the first one you see is boaster. And if you look up boaster, the first word you see is a blowhard or a windbag. All right, we've all known those people. Okay, you know, when, the type of people we usually call a blowhard or a windbag is the person not who just talks a lot. Okay, we all know people who talk a lot. You know, maybe you know some woman that's like just talk, 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 talk. You know, never stops. Uh, we you know we don't call them a blowhard, but it's the person who just talks about themselves all the time. I mean, that just, I know some people like that that, I mean, literally, my wife, that kind of stuff drives her absolutely crazy. You know, my wife, she hates Rush Limbaugh. He loves himself way too much. I'm entertained by people, by blowhards, alright? I don't necessarily respect them or admire them or think they're great people, but I am entertained by them. But you can, still, you can only take so much. And I know some people that, man, I literally, I'm entertained by them. I enjoy talking to them. Just so I can go, you know, and maybe this is wrong, but I do. I know some people. I'll go ask them how they're doing because I know they want to tell me. And when they start just, I mean, just bragging, I'm listening and I'm just enjoying it. And I really love it too if it's somebody too that I know 
you know, and my wife's around, and I know this is driving her crazy. You know, I'm just, man, you know, and I'm and that person. You know, I'm just kind of encouraging them while they just. And yeah, you know, I, I could, I could, I could start naming some names, and I'm not going to do anything like that. But it's funny. I, I think it's funny, just boasters, and you know, that is part of a profile of a narcissist, just bragging, you know, inflating themselves, just talking about themselves, and you know, if all people can do is talk about themselves. That's a problem. We shouldn't be like that. The Bible says that was something that was going to happen in the last days. And if you look at it, all the things it includes with that, I mean, these are all bad things. These are bad personalities. And we see that. Just people, you know, social media, okay? It is so fake what people put on there, most of it. I've had people tell me before, oh, you know, social media is so wonderful. It's just so real. I had somebody tell me that one time. They were encouraging me to get on Facebook because you just really get to see people for who they are. It's so real. I was like, are you kidding me? It's, it's so fake. Now, sometimes people do get on there and they get a little too real. You know, they start giving way too much information. But, you know, people, they do, they just, they fake, they lie, they make things appear like they shouldn't. And you know what? Preachers are the worst. They are the worst. It's absolutely ridiculous. And, it is a very bad personality trait. We see also here, the second thing it says is, if you have it, you often monopolize conversations. Okay? You monopolize conversations. Matthew, we read, I'm not going to read through it again, but Matthew chapter 6, okay? it talked about how they're always sounding the trumpet, okay? always trying to draw attention to themselves. See, they, they can't do anything. They literally can't do anything in private. Okay, whenever they're around, whenever they're in the group, they've got to be the one talking. Why? Because everyone needs to be paying attention to them. Okay? Wherever they're at, they've got to be getting the attention. You know, they are the you know they are the superstar. I mean, I, I know some preachers too that literally are living in a fantasy world where they can't go out in public and go out to eat without people just you know. Coming up to them and telling them how wonderful they are, and I mean, it just—I mean, literal fantasy worlds they live in. And I'm just like, I know that's not true, <laughs> but in their mind it is, and they—they are—they've always got to be the center of attention. And if things you know are slow in their life and nothing's really going, they'll, they'll make stuff up, or they'll do things on purpose to draw attention to themselves. And they literally they can't do anything in secret. They can't do anything in private. They're not going to waste their time praying in private. Why? Nobody's going to see it. They're not. They're not going to waste their time going out soul winning without taking you know taking that opportunity to get some pictures of themselves just so that everybody can see how spiritual they are. They're not going to lead somebody to the Lord and just praise the Lord and let it go at that. They've got to make sure you know they take pictures of them and you know. The ones that get the most attention to, the more low down and sorry looking that person is. You know, if they can get some guy that looks like a drunk and a bum, you know, and you know, I, I swear they go and they give these guys here. Here's twenty bucks. You say this prayer and let me get my picture taken with you. And you know, because it makes it makes them look even better. And it, it really is degrading the way they are with some of these people. I mean, do you really think some guy that you you know you, you're out walking the streets and some guy comes and meets you? Talks to you, you know, just pretend you're the lost person, you know, get you to say a prayer. Do you really think he wants to get his picture taken with you? But you know, people are accommodating sometimes and they'll awkwardly do it and they'll 
put it all over the internet. I mean, I've seen preachers too. You know, they'll take pictures of the visitors that came to their church, and it's ah, oh, you know, this this person he was, you know, he was a drunk that just came and got saved. You know, his wife's about to leave, and they'll like say all this stuff about the person. It's like you're putting that. What if he goes and sees that? Are you crazy? They'll take pictures of people at the altar praying. People coming forward in church and praying and they're taking pictures of it. I've been in services where they're doing that where people are literally coming forward and praying and the preachers are all out you know, taking pictures of it. So Because you know, what's the point of preaching a message and having a bunch of people coming to making decisions if you can't share it with the whole world and make yourself look good? Absolutely ridiculous. They can't do anything in private. They've always got to be the center of attention. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 27 says, He that hath knowledge spareth his words. And a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. And he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. We talked about that verse this morning. Even a fool is counted wise. When he shutteth his lips, he is esteemed. He is looked at as a man of understanding. But you know, a narcissist, they can't do that. They can't keep quiet. They've got to be the center of attention. They've got to monopolize the conversation. They've got to be the one getting all the attention. And they're never quiet. They're always blasting the trumpet. Okay? That when every time they do these things, just trying to get attention. I mean, I I think that's terrible. Somebody comes and they're they're praying. You know, they're supposed to be up there talking to God, and you're taking pictures of them. Okay? That's rude. Alright, that is that is really rude and it's uncalled for and but you're not gonna stop these guys from doing it because their their mission, their ministry is all about inflating their ego and building their name. And I think it's I think it's disgusting if you ask me. But but they've got to do it. So you know, they come across as conceited, boastful, pretentious. They often monopolize conversations. They've always got to be the center of attention. They're always the ones talking. They're always the ones saying everything, drawing attention to themselves. And says, you also may be little or look down on people you perceive as inferior. Okay? Luke chapter 18, verse 9, it says, And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray. Everybody knows this story. The one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank Thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as a publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Notice how it says he couldn't even lift up his eyes to look into heaven. You know why he couldn't do that? He didn't want anybody to see his face. He was, he was in private praying to God because he was ashamed of his sin. There was no pride with that. When a, man, when a person is, is down on their knees praying with their head bowed, that is a sign of humility. That shows right there that it's humility. He couldn't lift up his head where this other guy, boy, he's, he's standing up. He's got his head up. You know, he's he's fine with everyone seeing. Let everybody see me pray. Let everybody hear what I'm praying. I'm praying. The, I'm saying the truth. I'm right. If, if he would have had, if he would have had the technology, Dave, if he'd had a smartphone, 
he'd have been on there, man. He'd have been FaceTiming that thing or whatever that things they, that live stuff they do on Facebook where they do the videos, and you know that way all his followers could see his prayer, folks. I'm about to do a prayer. This prayer is really something. I'm about to tell the Lord just how great I am, and I wanted you all to be a part of this while I talk to the Lord. That's exactly what he would have done. Periscope is that what they use? Yeah, Periscope I think is one of the things they use. I don't know how all that works. But he'd have done that in a heartbeat. I have no doubt in my mind. Why? Because there's a bunch of Pharisees in Baptist churches today and they do those exact things. And and you know what? It accomplishes nothing. They do nothing. Of eternal value, there is no reward. There, There are no blessings in heaven for that. You know the blessings they get? All the blessing they're going to get and let me tell you, this is a big blessing for these people, are thumbs up on Facebook or retweets or likes or, or whatever. That's all they're going to get. And you know what? Most of these people will take it because that's what they live for. too. Man, 50 retweets or eternal blessings in heaven? I'll take 50 retweets. You know, especially if a big name retweets it. You know, and It increases my followers. I mean, just absolutely ridiculous. But a person... You know, when they pray, I mean, we ought to be ashamed. He couldn't even do it. And he says, verse 14, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. That Pharisee accomplished nothing with his prayer. He did nothing for himself. He did nothing for anybody else. The one who accomplished something is a person that's just, it's just between him and God. And Jesus told this story. Jesus knew about it. Nobody else knew about it. Nobody else would have been impressed with this man. Everybody would have looked at that publican and thought, who cares about him? But he was the one that actually accomplished something. And we see that that is a very common thing today with people is just you know belittling everyone else. Looking down on other people. You know, and I don't want to get in... I, you know, I probably shouldn't get into this too much too, but I mean, there... I really can't get into this too much without showing examples. And I thought about it. Boy, I thought about putting some screenshots up on the on the screen tonight just showing you some examples of these things. But I thought, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to pick on these people too much. But I mean, there are things that people do on there that is, is absolutely degrading to other people. I don't even think they realize they're doing it. That Pharisee, he didn't realize... He was accomplishing nothing when he prayed. He didn't realize that he was belittling that man who was actually accomplishing more than he was. And these guys don't realize it either. They're so stuck on themselves. They're so enamored with themselves. They would never see it. But you know what? I see right through it. Crystal, crystal clear. And you know, if you do, if you feel like you got to put people down all the time, you know, if that's what makes you feel better, just understand. You are a narcissist. You are the type of person the Bible said was going to come in the last days. You are the type of... I hate just being like everybody. And this is the generation we're in. This is the millennial generation. Narcissist is what they are. It's ridiculous. Just, I mean, love themselves. Like you would not believe. And we, we shouldn't want to be like that. So then the fourth thing it mentions that on the profile of a narcissist says if you have that disorder, you may feel a sense of entitlement. And when you don't receive special treatment, you may become impatient or angry. And right then, entitlement. Oh boy, we, we hear that word all the time. You know, a lot of these things I'm talking about, I mean, we're even hearing these things from you know the wicked 
ridiculous, godless, immoral news media, they're even seeing this in this generation. They figured it out. I mean, they don't. The world. They're trying to figure out what in the world are we supposed to do with this generation. You know, I mean, this is a serious problem. It's a serious disorder. People are. I mean, there's all kinds of depression and stuff that comes with this kind of thing. I mean, there are some serious effects, and they just they can't figure out what to do. They can't figure out why it is this way. You know, this sense of entitlement. We you know we see you know the college age people today. You know, on college campuses is all that they are anymore. Just a bunch of crybabies protesting everything. I mean, I saw there was a guy the other day I saw on the news. This guy's going to college. Cost sixty thousand dollars a year to go to this college. It was the one where they were taking all the American flags down because that's just too offensive. But man, you live in a country. Where your parents are able to make enough money to pay sixty thousand dollars a year to send you to a school where you can go just learn that America's bad. What in the world? I mean, you are an idiot. You are a joke. You're a poor excuse for a human being. You're absolutely pathetic, but they they just have this very warped mentality. You know, anybody doesn't if they feel like I don't have what other people have. Something's wrong with the world. I should have these things. If they feel uh, offended or insulted by anything, I mean, we've the, this generation today are one to get rid of free speech because too much free speech, you know, too much speech is offensive. And I am entitled to be as pathetic as all get out, and nobody ever make me feel bad because of it. That's how they are, and. We see this too. I heard a guy the other day explaining this. I mean, this was clearly a lost person, but man, he was right on the money. And he was talking about how, you know, this generation now of young adults, they were the people who grew up getting trophies just for participating. They didn't do anything, but they got a trophy anyway. They were told they're great. They were told they were special. They were told they can do anything, be anything. You know, they were the generation too who, whenever they would flunk out in school, their parents would go chew the teacher out. You know, they would whenever they would do wrong in school or get in trouble, it was never them that was bad. It was the teachers that were bad that were always sticking up for them. And then they grow up and they go into the real world where they find out they're not special. They find out they can't do anything they want. They find out you don't. Everybody doesn't get a trophy. That not everybody's a winner. That there are losers, and they don't know how to handle it. And they feel entitled to all these things. And when they don't get it. When they're not a millionaire by the time they're 25 years old, when they don't have everything their parents do, their, their whole world comes crashing down. They don't know what to do. You know what? They are a narcissist. When you, they, they're not getting special treatment. And they get impatient. They get angry. And what do they do? They grab signs and they go protesting. And it's a joke. Proverbs 27 verse 2 says, Let another man praise thee, and not thine own mouth, a stranger, and not thine own lips. See, a lot of people, and you know, I'm talking about Christians too. And I'm talking a lot about you know Baptist preachers tonight. They feel like, okay, I'm a fundamental Baptist. I'm a preacher, and because I'm a fundamental Baptist, we're the best of the best. I mean, we're the ones preaching the truth. But you know what? We don't get that much attention. You know. If I go, I could go walking into McDonald's dressed like this, and I won't get treated as good as the priest that goes in with his backwards collar, will I? I've seen how priests get treated when they go in, and they're, they get all kinds of respect. How come they're getting so much more respect than me? You know, he's a 
pagan, pagan false prophet. Sending people to hell. I'm telling people the truth and he's getting respect and I'm not. Well, that's not. Well, actually, you know what? That is right because we see Jesus said, they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you too. We're not above our Lord. And the reason they respect them is because he's one of them. He's lost too. And, but a lot of preachers haven't figured that out yet. Why aren't I getting praise? I deserve these things. You know, I'm working hard. I'm studying the Bible. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. Why aren't I getting attention? Why, why, you know, why aren't I a big shot yet? I deserve it. I'm better than all these people. And so what do they do? They go praising themselves. Man, nobody's talking about me. Nobody's talking about how great I am. So I'll do it myself. But Proverbs 22, or 27 verse 2 says, let another man praise thee. Okay? Oh, so I'll go get my friends to prop me up. I'll get, Get my, no, it says let a stranger do it. Well, they're not going to do that. Well, you know what they might? If you actually deserve it. If you actually are doing some good things. If somebody actually sees you doing something good and what you think is in private, you know, and they might see it and notice it. And notice what the Bible says. It's like, no, they can't wait to get that, to get exalted. You know, nobody's going to see me. If I'm doing all my praying, you know, here in my office when nobody is here, I can pray for five hours and nobody is going to know it. How am I going to get exalted? Well, you know what? We see that the Bible says in Matthew chapter six, verse six. We read it earlier. It says, "Thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. He will reward you openly. God, if you deserve to get exalted and praise, God will do that, and He will do it openly." And so a lot of preachers too, they've learned this trick too of taking pictures of all your blessings and sounding the trumpet about all your blessings. Hey, look at what I received from this. You know, look at this blessing. You know, look, look. And they're always bragging about their blessings and sometimes I think they literally make up blessings too. I mean, just to you know, look at how God is rewarding me. Look at all God is doing for me. Um, I don't want to get ahead of myself again. Well, go ahead and look at... Ephesians 6 verse 5. I'll say more about that in the next point. But it says, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart, as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall receive of the Lord whether he be bond or free. Whenever we work, whenever we're serving, we shouldn't have this attitude of entitlement. You know, It's all about getting something for me. I want praise. I want special treatment. The Bible says when we work, we work like we're working for the Lord. Like we're doing it for them. Not, as I serve, not with eye service. We, and you all know what that is. You've, you've all got those co-workers, and maybe you're one of them, that you work one way when the boss is around and another way when he's not around. That's called with eye service as men-pleasers. I'll work as hard as I need to to keep the boss off my back. Well, you know what the Bible says? We need to work like the Lord is our Master. Work like we're trying to please Him. And we know He sees everything. And you know what? You can do that. You can start doing your job like the Lord is your boss. And that doesn't mean you're probably not going to get promoted that week. Sometimes He makes us wait for a while. He makes us wait patiently. For him, it takes time. Psalms thirty-seven verse four says, "Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart." 
Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. And He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, forsake wrath, fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. It's very clear from this passage that it is going to appear like the wicked are getting what you want sometimes. But if you wait patiently, you keep on doing the right thing, the Lord will reveal that you are the good one. If it's where you work, you might think you might be the greatest worker there and nobody knows it. But you know what? If you just keep on making sure, you know what, as long as the Lord knows I'm the greatest here, I'm pleased, eventually your boss will realize it too. At first there will be a period of time when maybe some coworker that's worthless is getting all the praise and getting all the recognition. But wait patiently. God will make sure you do get your recognition in His time. He will do that. But most people, they can't wait for that. And so they do. They rush it. And like I said, the social media junk, that's a good way to do that. And people do that. You know, They just get angry. You know, I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of being small, small potatoes. I want to be the big shot. I deserve it. I'm better. You know what? Stop serving with eye services, men pleasers. Stop trying to impress everybody else. Just impress the Lord and He will bring forth your righteousness. He will, he will, you know, He'll bring it forth as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. So just wait for Him. But don't, don't act like you're entitled. Don't have that sense of entitlement. You know, if you don't get special treatment, don't get impatient. Don't get angry. Okay? And that's what the, a narcissist does. I want my recognition and I want it now. I deserve it. You know what? Get over that. And then, the last thing that we see, or actually two more things, sorry, we got you all excited. We see that if you're a narcissist, you may insist on having the best of everything. For instance, the best car, athletic club, or medical care. Alright? Now, this is one, I, I didn't think about this one, but I was like, man, bingo. You know, I, there, there's people, you know, one of the ways I. I try to learn from other preachers. I think that's good. I try, I try to learn. I try to pick up on good things. And I try to learn from the bad things too. And there's some that I know that I, I watch them closely because it's like, I don't want to do that. You know, I tell them, you know, don't let me turn out like them. Don't let me be that way. You know, sometimes you're like, you know, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? It's like, because I know what it would turn me into. You know, I, I, I could see myself becoming that way if I got involved in that. And these people scare me away from it. I said, one main reason I'm not on Twitter is other preachers have scared me away from it. I could see myself turning into that kind of monster and I don't want to do it. And so it's like, uh, I'm going to back away. But this best of everything, I thought, man, this, this is perfect. One thing you'll see with these narcissists that I'm talking about, they're always bragging on their stuff. Like I said, the blessings. You know, They're always... You know, taking pictures of their fancy cars and fancy clothes, and we got—they got this thing where they're all doing where they're always taking pictures of their fancy socks that they wear to church and showing them. I mean, what in the world? You know, who brags in their socks? Narcissists—they'll do it. They'll do it all day long. They take pictures of these things, you know, expensive stuff, you know, expensive watch, and of course, none of them go out and buy this because preachers were all supposed to be poor and we can't brag too much about money. 
But we also got to let everybody know how blessed we are. And so, oh, you know, look at this, you know, thousand dollar watch somebody bought me. You know, look at this, you know, that somebody gave me. And they never went out and bought it, you know, because they don't want to look like crooks. You know, no, somebody always gave them this stuff, and they got to brag on it. They, you know, I've always got to have the best of everything. You know, they're always taking pictures of like their Starbucks and stuff. I mean, it's amazing how many preachers always taking pictures of Starbucks. Now, why would you do that? Well, we all like to drink things. But I guess it's a status symbol if you're drinking the most expensive drinks in the world. Okay? Now, we don't have any Starbucks around here. We were in a mall the other day and had a Gloria Jeans. And I'm embarrassed at how much we paid for those drinks. What? <laughs> oh, these are our special holiday flavors. And I'm like, oh. you know, I was wishing I hadn't done it. It did taste good, but it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. I'm not even going to tell you how much it cost because I'm ashamed of it. And uh, but most people brag on it. You know, they I'm I've never seen one person take a picture of their water they're drinking. <laughs> Who's impressed if you're drinking a glass of water? You know, they'll they're always taking pictures at the fancy restaurants they're eating at. But nobody's ever taken a picture of themselves eating at McDonald's because nobody's impressed if you're eating at McDonald's. Like what? You why? Why take a pic? Who who wants to see a picture of what you're eating? No, nobody wants to see it, but they want to show everybody. You know, look at how I eat. You know, the best of everything. You know, look at you know, look at my house. Look at my car. Look at this. Always showing off what they have. And preachers are smart, so they they know we're supposed to be poor. If they look like they're too rich, then you know the church might think, well, we don't need to pay them as much. So these are always blessings that the Lord just handed them, just gave them because they're so faithful, they're so good. God has just blessed them with all these things. And it is, and you know, the truth is, they think they deserve these things. They they expect these things, and sometimes you know, said it's it's not always what it appears to be. I know some of these people personally, and I've seen what they have portrayed online, and I've known the real story of how it really went down and how it really happened. And I'm just like, why are they lying? And the thing is, I don't have to think about it. It's very clear why they're lying. It's because the, the true story isn't really impressive, but the story that they're spinning online to show everybody else is very impressive. And this is just, it's classic narcissist behavior, always wanting to you know, have the best of everything. You know, you know, nobody takes pictures of their rust buckets that they're driving around. You know, but and maybe that rust bucket they're driving around, they paid cash for it. They don't know anything, and it might run great. And you know, they don't tell you about the loan they took out on that fancy car they bought. You know, they you know they don't tell they don't tell you about those things because nobody's impressed by those things. But you know what? In Ecclesiastes chapter twelve, and we're not we don't have time to read through Ecclesiastes, but I thought a lot about Solomon because Solomon was one who went after everything. You know, he. If you read through Ecclesiastes, he went after everything. He had to have all the best women, and he had a lot of women. You know, he had to have the best things. Nobody had more possessions than him. He went after mirth and entertainment. You know, that's the thing. You know, these people do too. You know, they're always taking pictures of these entertaining things, the entertaining places they go, and it's just like, you know, why? Because they know it impresses people. You know, they know, and that's what it's all about. And Solomon did all that stuff. He had all the best of everything. 
He did everything a person could want. Just read through the book of Ecclesiastes. But when he gets to the end, in chapter 12, verse 1, he says, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. You know what? Solomon, he outdid everybody. If Solomon would have lived today, he'd have had more Twitter followers than everybody. He would have had more money than everybody. He'd have been richer than Donald Trump. You know, he would have been the guy that could have got up there and he could have bragged and said it all. And just he he did impress everybody. He had people coming from miles around. I mean, just to come and see him. The Queen of Sheba, you know, travels bearing gifts to see this guy. I mean, he had what every Twitter preacher dreams of having. And you know what? It's nothing. I have no pleasure. In them, verse thirteen, he says, "Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And look at this: for God shall bring every work into judgment, and every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. You all see that? You know, most of these people too, if they were just, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to worry about fearing God and keeping His commandments. Well, then they're going to take pictures of themselves keeping His commandments. You know, they'll hear, look at me obeying God. You know, look at me doing this. Just so everybody's got to see, I'm keeping God's commandments. You know what? Just keep His commandments. You're going to stand before Him someday in Judgment Day. And think about this. This is what everybody wants. The narcissist wants everybody looking at them. Everybody paying attention to them. Well, the problem is, to get a lot of attention these days, you've got to kind of get crazy. You know, you've got to do a lot of stuff and you're still only going to get so much attention. Well, one of these days, when you stand before Christ, you're going to have everyone's attention. And they are going to see things for what they really are. Not for how you portray them. They are going to see the real you. The real thing. Every secret thing. And I can promise you, every one of them will be like, you know, I wish I'd paid a little more attention to making sure I look good to God instead of everyone else. And Solomon, he figured that out. God's going to bring every work into judgment. And so then lastly, just real quick, that narcissist says at the same time, you might have trouble handling anything that may be perceived as criticism. You may have secret feelings of insecurity, shame, vulnerability, and humiliation. To feel better, you may react with rage or contempt or try to belittle the other person to make yourself appear superior. Or you may feel depressed and moody because you fall short of perfection. And right here we see that, and part of this is how we were raised too. You know, you have trouble handling criticism. Well, that's a generation of kids whose teachers were told, hey, don't mark their answers wrong with red ink. You know, that makes them feel bad. You know, don't give them an F. You know, don't make them stand in a corner. Don't put a dunce cap. You know, we should put a lot of, that ought to be a lot of put dunce caps on kids. When kids are stupid and aren't doing their schoolwork, they ought to have to stand in the corner wearing a dunce cap while kids shoot spit wads at them. I think if they did, if they started doing that in schools, we would all of a sudden be one of the smartest countries in the world. I believe that with all my heart. And when I become president, I'm going to push that and see if that happens. But uh, that's that's my own opinion. All right, <laughs> uh, kind of joking. But they, they've been told that, and so you know they've never they've never handled rebuke. You know, mommy and daddy's not supposed to yell at them. Mommy and daddy's not supposed to spank them. Not, mommy and daddy's not supposed to tell their kids they haven't got the brains of a blind goose in a hailstorm. You know, mommy and daddy's supposed to tell them. You know, all, no, they need to learn. You need to learn that from a young age. And a narcissist, they can't handle that. They can't handle rebuke. 
and you do you try correcting some of these people and boy you're asking for it. I mean you do you if I mean a lot of people ask, you know, what does that mean to cast your pearls before swine? You want to know what it means to cast your pearls before swine? If you want to know, find one of these narcissists on Twitter and go question something that they say that's foolish. And you will find out what casting your pearls before swine means. They will trample them under their feet, those words you said, and they will turn again and rend you. And it is it is exactly what will happen. Why a narcissist they can't do that. They can't handle criticism. They can't handle anybody revealing to them that you might fall short of perfection. You are not the greatest thing since sliced bread. And Ecclesiastes seven five says it is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. It's a good thing to get rebuked. We need it. Proverbs 9.7 He that reproveth the scorner getteth to himself shame, but he that rebuketh the wicked man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, he will increase in learning. There's some people you just can't teach them anything. And you can try it, but you're going to get shamed. They're going to come after you. They're going to attack you. A wise person, you can rebuke them all you want. And they're going to learn from it. And they're going to thank you. And they're going to love you because you told them the truth. Proverbs 13.1 A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. And you know what? Millennials, they can't figure out, you know, they hardly go to church at all. The millennial generation is not interested in church, especially a church where a preacher gets up and says, You're a sinner. What you're doing is sin. What you're doing is wrong. God's going to judge you for that. You need to get right with God. You need to repent of that sin. They can't hear that. They can't handle it. They don't know how to respond to that. And that's a shame. You know what? We ought to be better than that. We ought to be able to get past that. We need to get back to having a personal, private walk with God. A private walk with God. We need to get back to focusing on impressing the only one that really matters, and that's the Lord. Those Pharisees, they loved the praise of men, and they did whatever they had to do to get it. And you know what? There's still Pharisees all over the place today. And you don't get caught up in that. You're going to see it. It's going to happen here. You know, somebody's, you know, they're going to get praised when maybe you deserve more. You didn't, you know, sometimes you get overlooked. And it, it hurts. But just understand, whenever that happens, okay, if you do get praised, if, if I get up here and I praise you for something you do, I'm not saying I can't do that or it's wrong, but understand, you got your reward. Okay, I hope you really got a thrill from that praise. Because that's your reward. But understand, if I don't do anything, God still sees it and you, great is your reward in heaven. You know, I think I would... Man, I don't know. I mean, I think I can give pretty good compliments and give people pretty good feelings, but I don't think I can top what the Lord's going to give. So, don't get caught up in that. It doesn't pay off. Remember now the Creator. Fear God. Keep His commandments. That's what we ought to do. So with that, let's all stand together.